Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Greetings, Cool Boy Bat Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Uh. So cool. Tonight's episode is Robin's Reckoning Part 1, directed by Dick Seabast, written by Randy Rogel. And this one aired primetime February 7th, 1993, but then aired in weekdays May 17th, 1993. And the villain is Tony Zuko. And it says here in Wikipedia, and Arnold Stromwell. I don't know if Stromwell technically qualifies as a villain in this episode. I guess we'll get to that later. What do you think? Um, just in the fact that he's involved, but I would definitely say it's Zuko. Yeah, through association, I guess? Yeah. Wikipedia says, During a fight with some gangsters at a construction yard, Batman and Robin learn the name of their boss, Billy Marin. While Robin looks forward to going up against Marin, Batman becomes distant. And after a falling out at the Batcave, Batman doesn't allow Robin to accompany him on the search for Marin. Robin investigates on the back computer and soon realizes that Billy Marin is not the boss's real name. <gasps> Rather, it is an alias of Tony Zuko, the man who killed his parents, which Batman already knew, but chose not to tell Robin. Wikipedia has some notes. They say the flashback to Robin's origin story is based on Detective Comics number 38, published June 1940. Wow, reaching way back. I, I bet they didn't get that writer to uh, write this episode. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they would have really had to stretch far to get that, the writer of that one. But I remember issue number 38. Don't you? No. Such a good issue. Uh, and one other note, this episode won the 1993 Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program for programming less than one hour. And because of that, Cool Boy Nation and Cool Boy Bat Nation – you will realize, of course, that we are both wearing tuxedos because this is a very, very special episode. This is our Emmy special. Did we do that for Heart of Ice? Because I thought Heart of Ice also won an Emmy. No, it didn't. And it was like some daytime bullshit thing that it like barely won. And it was like more like the series was nominated or some shit. Mm. This is legit. Uh, this is prime time Emmys, Steve. And Steve, mm -hmm. how do you like wearing that tux? Mine is fitted perfect to perfection. Mine's – I'm a little uncomfortable. I feel like I should unbutton the cumberpatch or whatever it's called, the cummerbund. The cummerbund, yes. Or my cumberpatch, which, whichever yeah. one. Whichever one. Uh -huh. Are you using a tuxedo with a bow tie, Steve? Why don't you let us know? Or are you using a normal black tie? Uh, it is a bow tie. Oh, and, it's and white. Cool Boy Nation, I went with a black tie and a black vest underneath. Uh, lame. But we look great. We feel great. We smell great. I've been dieting for this for like three months for this event. Absolutely. 
You got to. I you did have the to. liquid diet where I just ate liquids. And tonight we are drinking only the finest. We are drinking. We are drinking champagne. Woo-woo. Crystal champagne. Robin's reckoning. Woo. All over. Pour it up. Celebrate good times. <laughs> Come on. Mm-mm-mm. So I did have a note on this one that I was a big fan of this episode as a kid. Um, I, I think I was always excited for Robin. I think it was uh, probably the network or whatnot was probably right having like a younger person there in an episode. Like a younger hero is somebody that I could identify with. And it was kind of fun in this episode because Robin is like kind of rebelling for a Batman. He's 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 like the stubborn, ch- you know, child who's like uh, fighting against Batman. And so I, I definitely liked this episode as a kid. And rewatching it, um, I think it stood up. I I, I thought this episode was uh, really well done. The structure and everything. It was like just a really well done uh, story. And it, it's it's a good first part episode and then um i'm i I was impressed what 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 about you hated it oh really hated it oh man (laughs) no i did not hate it but um i am definitely not hating these tuxes we're wearing right now by the way it mine's a little tight so i'm gonna uh unbutton maybe like the first five buttons on my uh I'm really th- thinking now, um, as we're getting into this more, that th- these might have been a waste of money. Uh huh. Because no one um, can see it. Renting these. Yeah, no one's gonna see this yeah. shit. Well, you know, you can see it, and I can see it. Well, I feel classy. I actually feel like this is just an audience of two, so it's it's me and you. Um, so that's feeling classy and looking I'm, sophisticated. I I feel good. I feel good about it. I think it's a good decision. My confidence is growing in my pants. That's good to know. So really, you 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 didn't like this episode? I fucking love this episode. Uh, Death-defying heights, opening acts, stunts. Love the jumping in the fight from rafter to rafter, firing bolt guns at fucking <laughs> Robin and Batman, and they, they they leave a hired goon. Hired goon. Essentially, to fall to his death. And if he did not give up the goods, would they have saved him? Who knows? These types of questions are what's so important to me. And these all came to me right away within like the first four minutes. I mean, this is a fucking awesome open to this episode. It it feels like, uh, it, you know, they definitely have this thing with Robin being the side character who is like kind of like semi-retired. And he's like helping out Batman here and there. And it would have been nice to actually to kind of see him more in action because it, it, it's it's fun. I think he, he adds a good element to it. Well, as the show progressed, we did get more Robin. I mean, they eventually called the show, what, The the Adventures of Batman and Robin, it's right? It's basically because of uh, the network. You know, they were like – they, they brought in notes and, and uh, pushed you know, the, the creators to add of Robin course. to it. Well, I mean, when you win the Emmy, primetime Emmy, uh, right, for, for outstanding episode. fucking, you know, program, animated program, like, of course they're going to be like, yeah, uh, of course push the kid because kids relate, and it fucking was a huge earner for us, this episode. But, yeah, I like how in the first act how uh, they basically establish that uh, – 
Robin is like impatient and, and still eager and he still basically needs like that guidance from Batman he's not like this uh, seasoned uh, you know hero like Batman is I love I love how this opening uh, a- action sequence has so many hero shots that end up being in the opening montages of uh, the adventures of Batman and Robin. Like this is great. This is this is an incredible opening action sequence. I am loving watching this right now. Besides uh, Fear of Victory, there really hasn't been a lot of like Robin and Batman and Robin action scenes. No, it's like. Christmas with the Joker, Fear of Victory, and this. So it's am like I, it really... am I not right? Am I mistaken? I think that's no, it, right? I, I agree. Like you know, so it's, it's three times. It's, this is the third time. It's it's interesting that the in this third episode, it's like the way they have him as a character is like in this like kind of retirement. He's talked about how in college he, things have slowed down. So it's oh, interesting yeah. how everything's kind of like they're they creating this pre-established world. For sure. Um, yeah, and- yeah. They, they they definitely explain why Robin is infrequent when it comes to, like, crime fighting and being a vigilante nah, every he- night with Batman. Because, yeah, he's busy mostly at college, he says. Absolutely. And that, that does, unfortunately, leave a whole bunch of backstory we'll never see and stuff that even – if I'm not mistaken, um, I, I am I am absolutely jumping ahead here because this is something that really we we can discuss again in uh, part two. But Paul Dini, uh, apparently, he wanted more Robin flashbacks throughout the series to kind of help tell the story of how he became the boy wonder he is today. Well, present time in the animated series. Um, but yeah, that was like something that they felt like looking back, they had missed out on. Not having um, all this explanation and uh, exposition, essentially, in flashbacks of, of how Robin became Robin. And, and that would have been cool. Um, but I really do love Robin. I'm happy that we get this renegade Robin, like you were talking about, Steve. Like, yeah, he's like a rebel. He absolutely is. He's a fucking renegade. He's a badass. I mean, Robin is a goddamn badass. And this whole episode essentially lays the groundwork for Dick leaving Batman and becoming Nightwing. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know the, the whole this is like a, this is the beginning of their uh, separation where he's like, I'm no longer listening. I'm no longer listening to Bruce. Not not Steve. Um, not only just not listening to um Bruce, but knowing better. Uh huh. He he rescues him. Well, not necessarily like literally knowing better, but Dick has that feeling where like he's finally outgrown his mentor. He now knows better, and he doesn't necessarily have to agree with with you and can challenge batman you know can challenge batman's calls now at this point and and doesn't give a shit whether batman agrees with it or not and that's that's a really big big move in any mentor protege like relationship you know i think that all comes with him being in college and everything you know he's he's on his own and he's big boy now he's a he's he's a big boy on campus and the fact that uh you know once he starts uh searching about billy Marin. And that's this whole thing. He's like, what about Billy Mary? And he hacks the computer. And he, you know, I think we're watching it right now. And Mm -hmm. he he finds out that that's an AKA for Tony Zuko. That's right. What? And and as an audience member, you're like, why does that piss him off? And then it's like, what? We're getting a flashback? There's a flashback in this episode? And that's awesome. I I, I thought this was a great, great episode for us to, to learn about his backstory. And it's brutal. It is brutal. Um, but real quick, before we move on to this brutal, awesome flashback, we did see aliases 
that led to the name Tony Zuko. We have the name Billy Marin, name uttered by one of the hired goons. Uh, that Batman obviously is tipped off right away. He, Batman fucking has everything in his head already. He knows immediately Billy Marin, that's Tony Zuko. But Robin has to go to the uh, computer to look it up. And Steve, I want to read you some aliases that were under Billy Marin. But one of these is fake. I want you to tell me which is the fake alias. All right. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here are the aliases that showed up on the computer screen under the name Billy Marin. Find the fake one. Simon Dirks. Sid the Squid. Killa Coburn. Punky Lesh. Johnny Sins. The first one. The first one being Simon Dirks. You saying that's the fake one? Yeah. That's actually the real one. Uh, Do you want to know which one was the fake one? Sure. Well, anyone from Cool Boy Nation would know Johnny Sins is a famous male porn star. Uh, see, uh, I'm just not a, a fan of the gay porn like you guys are. Uh, he's actually a straight porn star, Steve. Oh, uh, okay. My bad. My I'm not entirely sure. But anyways, <laughs> um, going back to the this flashback, this beautiful flashback. It is absolutely a wonderful flashback where we see 10-year-old Dick Grayson with his family, and they are the Flying For Graysons. For the Wayne charity event. And we see, of course, we see Tony Zuko, you know, offering some insurance. And you know what I say, Steve? I say you always take the insurance. You, whenever someone's gonna, you know, mention there's gonna be some problems, like someone gonna yeah. end up, you know, hey, does someone ended up dead around here? Take the insurance. You take the shakedown. You'll just oh, uh, I, if some guy comes. I don't in. want no trouble. I just want to keep my store and my shopkeep all nice and clean, that's, and, and keep everybody away. That's bad. Not, I mean, I would think he would like maybe let an animal loose, or you know, no, he's he's cutting rope so that somebody can you know so, so someone's gonna die. die you know that that's, that's yeah that's freaking that's 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 hardcore yeah. yeah and then he even like no like looks back at the people who are gonna die and he sees it's three people it is a, a father a mother and a son we also by the way just to point out in the crowd we have bumbling fumbling brucey oh yeah he likes to play that up he's, he's he a does. fumbling bruce he's oh dropping my popcorn sorry of course all the people below um, would ob obviously would be very happy. <laughs> you know, hey, Bruce is dropping popcorn on us. You know what it reminds me of, Steve? It reminds me of uh, a movie we watched together recently, um, Jeff Stryker's Underground, where he's on an uh, elevated position and he's just coming on everyone below him. It's very similar to how Bruce was dropping popcorn on the crowd below. See, I got a huge cock. I try not to remember watching that. Oh, that's too bad, Steve. You remember it. It was horrifying. Cool Boy Nation, Steve loved it. Play that audio back now, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> A curious kitten named Milo and his inseparable friend, a pug-nosed puppy named Otis, tumble through one exciting escapade after another in The Adventures of Milo and Otis, a heartwarming live-action film. Milo and Otis start life together on a farm and spend their days exploring the barnyard and the surrounding countryside. 
One day, the little feline is swept down a rushing river and Otis takes off in pursuit to rescue his friend, thus beginning a series of adventures. The Adventures of Milo and Otis, which took four years to complete, is a film that will delight both the young and the young at heart. So if I recall, this movie just is full of uh, dead kittens. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's the big thing. So as we mentioned earlier, yes, 20 kittens were killed and an unnumber uh, of dogs. And where was this filmed? In Japan? Japan, where they don't have animal rights. Cool nation. Push play. Now. I'm jacked. Can we do it? Let's do it. No, nice. Just play, play it. Play. Here we go. Is that Michael Bean? All right. I don't really know where to begin. So is this a mobster movie? Because that's how it feels. I was walking through this city all the time, checking out the sex clubs. See, I got a huge cock. This isn't Milo and Otis. I have desires. I need to fulfill them. Is this gay porn? Yes, right <laughs> 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 it seems like everything's fine. This is the Milo and Otis that I remember. <laughs> this is exactly the cat I remember. The cool cat, Jeff Stryker. You guys got forced. Was this a room? Set up for a cool boy gay porno watchathon. I thought this was like a, you're doing this for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's a, a very gay Christmas or whatever. <laughs> God. Are you guys scared right now that you're about to watch Gay Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too happy about it. <laughs> two directors. He's not too happy about Gino it. Gino Colbert. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. probably related. Might related. You missed a lot of exposition there. We thought we were going to see a kitten and a puppy going on an adventure. They would die. No animals would die in this movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, yeah. God. There's already skin. Steve's into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't Steve think is he into is. It. This is too much for me. <laughs> Steve, the, what this guy's wearing is too much for you? A leather jacket and a jock strap? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Whoa! There's dick nipple rubbing again! Nipple rubbing! God. Already, already with the nipple rubbing. Good God. Uh, it's longer than Milo and Otis, too. Oh, that's why I was trying to stop you when you were like, Milo Otis is one hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, no, it's one hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> well, I saw that. I was like, what's this? Did we get the special edition of Milo Otis? The Japanese version. Wait, is this Jeff Stryker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, licking his lips. And who is Jeff Stryker? I'm glad you asked, Steve. I, I have information <laughs> on that right here. See, I got a huge cock. Early life. Jeff Stryker grew up in Springfield. Springfield what? We don't know. His father was a car salesman and his mother was a nurse. Springfield was struggling economically and there was a crime wave. Consequently, Jeff was often involved in fights. At age 13, he was sent to military school by his parents who got a divorce while he was away. Back to what we're watching though, we just watched uh, Dick Grayson's parents die. And Dick's parents died hard. Yeah, and then Bruce is like, I'll take the kid. Yeah. Uh, Pretty quickly. Cool your role there, Bruce. Uh, we've heard some stories about Alfred. <laughs> and in general, we have situations for kids like this. 
but Bruce having all the money, yeah. of course, he pushes his way and he gets what he wants. He gets the ten-year-old uh, boy dropped off at his house. You know, I like though. What's interesting is that this is you know a flashback, so it's like they have a young Commissioner Gordon. I love seeing younger Gordon with the red hair and young Harvey Bullock with his fucking beat cop outfit. I think it's great seeing this flashback stuff, Steve. Definitely, and there's little hints of Batman where they have the the uh, bat fly by Wayne Manor. Yes, absolutely. Right when Dick Grayson gets out of the uh, car, and he's getting dropped off by Gordon as well. It's definitely kind of scary going to this giant manor. I have a little note here that uh, Bruce Tim is, uh, has noted that he cried when uh, they showed a uh, little uh, oh Dick uh, Dick leaving the gra- the circus. Yeah, that is sad. That actually is a little bit of a of a heart tearing moment for sure. Like Just that's goodbye a- to his family. Yeah, or or the 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 family he knows, mm-hmm. or that's left that he knows. Yeah, the absolutely. Friends. Yeah, sad, super sad. I really I really appreciate that this uh, animated series uh, went with the death of the Graysons um, the way they did. They that they practically adapted it from my understanding, at least from Detective Comics, you know, number thirty eight. Yeah, your um, your favorite June, yeah, of nineteen forty. I remember when it came out. I remember uh-huh. it was fresh off the presses, and I got it right away at my local candy shop where they were selling it. I also got a soda pop. Was it black and white or color back then? Do you know? Uh, you know what? Everything was black and white, even back in your own life. Everything yeah, you just your memories. Like, was it was black like Pleasantville. Uh-huh. Yeah, everything's black and white. But it's really awesome that they did that because I feel like uh, Dick Grayson's origin is almost as important to maintain the – the authenticity of it that you would with Bruce's origin, with the fact that the Waynes are gunned down, uh, whether it's in, a, in an alley, um, whether it's you know outside a movie theater, outside an opera house, or something. But the the, the fact that the Waynes get gunned down in a butchered mugging, essentially, um, I I love that the Graysons died in this horrible death by Tony Zuko. Um, and it was because of this, you know, uh, uh, essentially malfeasance, right? This, like, you know, this purposefully, you know, fraying the wire so that it does break. You know, that, that's more like a criminal, you know, murder, you know, that, that's what I would call it. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is criminal, it is criminal murder. Criminal murder, the best kind of murder. Malfeasance is like, you know, like a misdemeanor or something, yeah, some sort of causing trouble. I, I also like that um they were apparently going to go really dark with it, and the censors were like, nope, and they had to scale it back a lot. But they were essentially – my understanding when I was reading it back was that they, it looked like they were going to have a moment uh, – this was on the, uh, some Wikipedia article – where they were like they, they were like show them like hit the floor and the concrete and their brains splatter out and they were gonna draw that. all of the bones shattering. Ever, oh yeah, and their brains. eyes popping out of the skull. And I was just like, Wicked, yo, yeah. Bruce Tim, you hardcore bitch. Paul Denny just be like drawn like ni- like super hardcore just explosions and titties falling out while they're you know, mm-hmm. hitting the pavement. I was just like, that's insane. <laughs> I do like how they they keep going back to having Bruce, you know, or Batman dress up in these like you know kind of bum like outfits. And, yeah, uh, Smith. Doing, that was Mister Smith, ground, by the way. The that was the Mister Smith disguise, Steve. Nah. Uh, and here's the return of Stromwell, and uh, he's just he's just keeping his nephew uh, safe. He's just being a good guy. Mm-hmm. 
That's all. Just keeping his uh, – what a fucking horrible family, uh, by the way, Stromwell has, Steve. Okay, so his he's the, his nephew is Tony Zuko. Uh-huh. His son is Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. <laughs> That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Jojo! A fucking heroin addict, right? Uh-huh. His brother is a priest missing a leg. Yeah. You know, that essentially loves, you know, our, our old Stromwell. It's, it's ridiculous. What a fucking horrible family. One thing uh, I, I don't think I noted yet was that uh, uh, Zuko is the voice of uh, Biff from Back to the Future. Wow. Is that a uh, nice, little, nice little note there, huh? You know what? I love, I love that it, it, it doesn't sound like Biff to me. It really sounds like someone doing like a really horrible – like uh, John Travolta impersonation, like the Simpsons. Remember when they oh, would really? do it? They had like uh-huh, Travolta uh-huh. land his plane for like, wasn't it Mel Gibson? It's hell being Mel. Come on, jeez. You should just fucking smile and blow me. It's like this really shitty like John Travolta accent. You promised to help me move, oh jeez. It sounds to me like, uh, to me just like Biff. I don't know. When I, when I heard it, I definitely I googled it and looked it up and boom la di da you were right steve his name is thomas wilson well steve you know what i did i thought i heard john travolta and thought john travolta they got john travolta for this and i looked it up and i was wrong yeah and he didn't find out that he didn't put who thomas wilson was no but I you think know what i did lying. find out that john travolta has amazing hair i heard it was a wig what a terrible thing to say so this is some some badass stuff. Batman, you know, he's fucking pissed. This this is a yeah. He's killed a family. He's he's he has Zuko in his sights. Yeah, you think he's working through some maybe uh, some of his old demons through this one maybe. I had a note in here too that he's his costume's different. So you know, this is an earlier Batman. He has an earlier insignia on his costume. Yeah. You see it right there in the in the clear. Very clear, very clear. Yeah, it's uh, it it doesn't have the yellow circle around it. Um, that is something. Uh, this is more of uh the Frank Miller um, I would say Batman Year One looking costume because the yellow circle is something that specifically in the Dark Knight Returns, uh, Batman mentions that he has that so that people are drawn to the strongest part of the armor with gunfire and they don't hit maybe where the armor is the most weakest points, um, or his head. Um, so it is interesting, yeah, that they kind of show like that. There's like an evolution. Yeah, of, there's an evolution, the progression, in the costume, and the and the thought process behind it. I like that, and 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 he does have a little bit more of a cleaner cut, a little thinner look to him in the flashback. Like he is a little younger. And my understanding is Kevin Conroy throughout the series, he would do different shades of Bruce. I mean, he could do younger Bruce, he could do older Bruce. Uh, he does do younger Bruce even for some of the. Um, animated movies uh it's 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 awesome it's 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 really great i think the uh batman gotham knight which is like a series of stories that apparently take place between batman begins and the dark knight um i think that's kevin conroy and he did like a younger voice and everything too for like bruce and batman but yeah i do i i really i really like that you you have like this talented voice actor kevin conroy and he has even like this new kind of shade of a voice to Batman. Like Batman's moved from this kind of like really like intense, you know, voice and it's kind of now just 
become a little bit more, I would say, like more smoker. Wouldn't you say? Like it's kind of it's a little gruffer, I guess. Yeah, or I wouldn't say I don't know gruffer, like cowboy maybe. I guess yeah, like a little deeper in that way. I guess sure gruffer. Why not gruffer? I like that. You know, Robin gets on his little his uh, mot- motorcycle and just speeds off. He's fuck yeah. Robin is such a badass. He's like, this is my bicycle. Batman's trained me. I'm the I'm I'm better than Batman. And yeah, the episode does. Yeah, the episode ends, and then the episode's final shot is Robin speeding off on a bike, and it's badass, Steve. You're absolutely right. Robin's motorcycle is so fucking awesome, and that in itself is a is a is a I think a form of continuity from the comics that was also carried over into Zack Snyder's Batman world with Batman v Superman and uh, Justice League and shit like that. <laughs> well, Steve, the last thing to note. To be continued. I give this five out of five boys, Steve. What would you give it? I'd give it five out of five boys. Yeah, um, this really is a perfect episode. The structure is just so well done, and it definitely leaves you, you know, wanting to find out more. But what I what I really liked about this was that it didn't start off as a flashback. Uh, a lot of times in these episodes, they start off as a flashback, and it goes into the present. And this is like it's in the present. And then it's telling you all this information about how Robin's become who he is and everything. Uh, it was, it's been, it was, it was well done. Good point. That's yeah, that yeah. Poison Ivy's episode was a pretty poison. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, they start off in flashbacks and yeah, and it's kind of like a a precursor, a prologue to the storyline. Um, and this was different. The, yeah, the flashbacks were the story. I mean that, and was where the meat of the story was. Absolutely. I mean, the second act is almost entirely flashback other than maybe just the beginning, like, three seconds of Batman in his Batmobile thinking about shit or something like that. Or whatever – no, I think it was um, Robin's thinking about shit maybe sitting down. But whatever it is, you get Robin and you get Batman for a second to kind of set you up into the flashback, and then boom, uh, you're in that flashback. Until the end, yeah. Practically, yeah. There are small little bookends and segments. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And then next episode, there's less flashbacks. Um, I, I, if, I, if I recall, it felt like the entire third act does, is no longer in a flashback. But, uh, yeah, the next episode even kind of continues it because there's more important shit, uh, absolutely, for the flashback in that one as well. There's stuff to be told with young Dick. Mm-hmm. Steve, do you have any final tidbits? Just that I, I'm excited to see what happens next in the in the next episode and how Robin – becomes a man <laughs> oh so yeah let's get out of these tuxedos and i enjoy drinking these five bottles of crystal i know it seemed wasteful but uh it was fun <laughs> great bat stuff steve cool yes. boy nation tune in next week same cool bat time same cool bat channel Cool boy, Bat Nation. Be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of Robin's Reckoning Part 1 or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at batmanandbeyondcoolboys at gmail.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with the Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon. 
where the cool boys have all kinds of uncensored discussions about usually bods and dongs and all the boners they've given us. Be sure to like and subscribe to the cool boys. Also review us on iTunes where we have a five star rating. Also donate to us on Patreon. It only costs a buck and you will receive special access to content too hot to air. You can find the cool boys on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy, Bat Nation. Until next time, it's Bat Bizes from Ballard. That's Bat Bizes from Steve. See, I got a huge cock. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah.